bothered me anyway. Disney fans out there. Because everybody on the planet has seen Frozen now. So, so I, I get the pleasure, I guess, of, being, of having to follow Casey and John. So that's a bit unfair, I think, to me. But we will deal with it. And obviously, so did the rest of the audience, because half of them are not here now. So, <laughs> they were all here for Casey, all here for John, and then new Joe is preaching today. But that's all right. I'll cry later about it. If I had my choice, I wouldn't listen to myself either. So. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. There you have it. Well, obviously, uh, today we're going we're gonna to talk about let it go. And we have all heard the saying at the past, always seems to catch up with you. Right? We've all heard that. No matter how good life seems to be going, a hammer from the past falls on us and it turns our lives upside down. We do everything possible to bury the past and the things of the past, but they always seem to get uncovered at the wrong times in our lives. Even worse, we always seem to find ourselves looking back at things we know we shouldn't be looking back at and wondering when those things will finally catch up with us today. I've shared a couple times about the financial issues that I've had in the past. And these, I say me, not me and my wife, these are me. I was making a lot of money, but I was spending even more of it. My financial situation changed as I went into the ministry But unfortunately, my spending habits did not change. Before you know it, I was in a position of not affording a house. And because of emotions and feelings from the past, I was not comfortable with asking for help due to the fear of disappointing somebody. The end game was that the house was lost and my family was left scrambling. The feelings of inadequacy as a child came back to impact me as an adult. My past caught up with my present. And impacted my future. Having a foreclosure in your past can certainly put a damper on any financial goal or financial dream you may have in the present or in the future. I'm sure that there's many of you here this morning that can relate with that situation. And just knowing how hard financial times have been lately. Situations in life come up. And before you realize that the past catches up with your present. And you're left dealing with things that you thought were buried. And behind you. We know that the past is in the past. And that we should be focused on the future. But for various reasons. We always get caught somehow reliving those things. That are behind us. There was a story of this man. And this man was sitting with his friend. And he made an observation of his friend. Say. You look depressed. What are you thinking about? His friend quickly answered. My future. He turns to him and says, what makes it look so hopeless? Why are you so depressed? The friend shrugged and answered, my past. One of the biggest hindrances to thriving in our faith is our past. More specifically, the constant reliving of the things of our past. For many of us, through no fault of our own, the things in our past that shaped us then continue to impact us now. And not necessarily for the good. Maybe you grew up in a broken home with no family structure. And today you struggle with feelings of incompleteness. Maybe you got pregnant much younger than you were planning. And so today you lament what you missed. And you're trying to make up for lost time. 
Perhaps you chose a career path that would benefit you financially, and today you realize the dreams and desires you had as a kid are gone. Many of you have struggled with addictions in the past, and now you sit here this morning wondering, when are these going to come crashing back into my life? Maybe you made the wrong decision regarding a relationship, and now you're left wondering if you'll ever be able to trust anybody again. There are even some of you here now who have had very painful family issues and today have let those issues destroy your happiness. What situation from your past is keeping you in the past? In all of these situations, we realize that we are slowly getting pulled back into the past. As we remember these situations, the thoughts and the feelings from those times come rushing back to us. As the feelings come rushing back, we cannot but help to relive those moments. All of a sudden, the past, which should be in the past, replaces our present. We have all experienced this, right? And in a moment, we are left wondering how a situation from long ago that should have been buried is still impacting me all these years later, sometimes 10, 15, 20, 30 years later. We all just wish we could, like Elsa here in the video, just let it go. This morning, I want us to take a look at how living in the past does more damage than we realize. And also take a look at something that will keep our focus on the future where it should be. We have an enemy who is not a fan of us. And John talked about this last week. As a matter of fact, he hates us. He hates us because we are in the love and care of a heavenly God who cast him out of heaven. And because we are in God, he hates us as well as God. This enemy will use many strategies to keep us from living our potential in Jesus Christ. One of the tricks he uses is to dig up our past and throw it back into our faces. The devil knows that by getting us to relive our past, there is a very good chance we will start living in the past. Therefore, we will ignore what's going on in front of us. The first thing we realize in these situations is that looking back opens us up to the attacks of the enemy. As John so eloquently discussed last week, we are in the middle of an ongoing battle. The battle takes place in the spiritual realm and it pits the angels of a holy God against the forces of Satan. These spiritual battles impact us more than we could possibly know or more than we can even imagine. Because of this, the Bible instructs us to be fully prepared for the spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.11 tells us why this preparation is so important. And John mentioned this last week as well. Put on the full armor of God to protect yourselves from the devil and his evil schemes. What are the evil schemes of the devil? As I said earlier, the devil loves to drag our past and throw it back into our face. Why would he do that? If you recall, all of the armor we wear, either in the spiritual realm or at that time in battle, is designed to protect the front of us. Everything is on in the front. The enemy knows this even better than we do. He knows that the only place where we are vulnerable is from behind. The only way to get behind us is to get us to turn around. Getting us to focus on and live in the past causes us to turn around and expose the parts of our body that are not protected by our spiritual armor. 
The enemy then hits us with his slings and his arrows. This is how it works. You're going through a situation and something from the past comes up. Maybe you take a quick glance. Maybe you turn around real fast. At first, you brush it off like it's not a big deal. As the situation grows, however, we find ourselves going back to that place in the past. And we spend more and more time on it, more and more thought on it, more and more energy on it. It takes more of our emotions. Once we go back to that place, we begin to fully live in that place. And what happens is we turn around. And as we turn around, our backs are opened up. And then he begins to shoot us with the arrows. As we remember the past, we are hit with an arrow of regret as we think about that situation. Next comes an arrow of shame or an arrow of pain. That is followed by an arrow of despair and then an arrow of sorrow. Those are followed by the arrows of unforgiveness and the arrows of unrepentance. And then finally you're done. In a matter of mere minutes, the enemy took you from the present to the past to out of commission. When any situation arises, we have to remember that if all else fails, just stand your ground. The enemy cannot do damage from the front of you, and he knows it. By looking back to the past, you open up yourselves to the arrows of the enemy. And that's why he wants you turning around. The Bible describes our faith as a journey. We are to live it daily while always focusing on the future. Always focusing on what's in front of us. And even though it doesn't seem like it, this approach always moves us down the road of faith. Always. We might not think we're going as fast as we like or growing as fast as we want to. But if you're looking forward, you're always moving forward. Once again, we have an enemy who knows this. He knows what our goal and our desire is. We also have an enemy who does not want us to live out those goals and desires. He doesn't want us to be the people of God that we're meant to be. Moving down the road with Jesus is not where the enemy wants us to be. Our enemy wants us to be stuck in the past with our old natures and our old selves. The second principle that we learn about the past is looking back makes us forget what is happening today or what is happening now. Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. Don't revel only in the past or spend all of your time recounting the days gone by. Watch closely. I am preparing something new. It is happening now, even as I speak, and you are about to see it. I am preparing a way through the desert Waters will flow where there had been none. Isaiah nails something in this passage. He says, I'm preparing something new now, today. Watch closely. Don't revel in the past. If I am constantly looking to the past, I will consistently miss what God is doing today. If I am We can pray to the Lord that he will show me the path or that he will open a door, that he will light the way, that he will clear the path, whatever it is that we pray to God all the time. Yet we never notice. 
And how could we notice? Because we're always looking backwards. We're always looking at things behind us, not looking at the doors he's opening in front of us. The past was then, but God is doing something now. In the past, I was hopeless. But now I am full of hope. In the past, I was clean, or I was dirty. But today, I am clean. In the past, I was lost. But today, I am found. Why are we always looking at something that was and not paying attention to something that is? Beth Moore, who our ladies love, and and she's a very wise woman, puts it this way. Whatever God has for you, it is not behind you. It is in front of you. So how about we quit looking behind us and look what he has for us. We cannot change the past, but we can live in and enjoy the present. There is victory in the present. There is joy in the present. There is peace and love in the present. There is a way prepared through the desert in the present. Now, the enemy wants you to languish in the past, which is unchangeable. But we have a God who wants you to splash in the waters of the present. Which one will you choose? The past or the present? There was a song in the 80s that reminded us that the future is so bright, you have to wear shades to see it. Oh, love the 80s. All right. So we've got a Disney reference and an 80s reference now. It's a corny song, right? But a good idea. There's an excitement that comes over us when we think about the future. The future is filled with limitless possibilities. The future is something that we should be focusing on and looking forward to. Ultimately, we know that our Savior comes back in the future And we are asked to live fully and completely until that day and to keep our eyes constantly on that prize. The future is so bright, we might as well pull out our shades. With all this as the backdrop, it makes sense that once again we have an enemy who does not want us to be looking forward. He doesn't want us to be looking at the victory. He wants us to be focusing on the defeats. The third principle in dealing with the past shows us that looking back keeps us from moving forward. Philippians 3.13 Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. 
Robert E. Lee, the Southern general in the Civil War, was visiting the wife of a Kentucky plantation owner. She took him to the remains of a grand old tree at the front of her formerly great mansion. The North and the South had fought a bitter battle right over her front porch, and the limbs in the trunk of that tree had been destroyed by federal artillery fire. She looked to Lee to speak some word of consolation, a word condemning the North, or some word of sympathy for her loss. After a moment of thought, General Lee turned to her and said, Cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. Cut it down and forget it. The question I have for you is what mangled up, burn up tree of the past do you keep focusing on? Maybe you should be like, take the advice of Robert Lee, let's just cut it down and forget it. In one statement, General Lee was echoing the same thoughts as Paul. Forget what was in the past and move towards the future. If the future is the goal, why would we not be focused on the goal? If I want to get down the path of life, I must look down the path of life. We discussed this a few weeks ago when I pre- preached on the, the principle of the path. To get down the path, you have to look down the path. And that's the same thing here. Looking back always prevents me from moving forward. Constantly looking back to the past keeps us exactly where we're looking. In the past. Constantly living in the past keeps us from living in the present and more importantly living for the future. It is physically impossible to go backwards and forwards at the same time. You cannot do it. So you have to decide, am I going to go back or am I going to move ahead? If you try and move forward while looking back, you will leave a path of destruction in your wake. Imagine driving by only looking in your rearview mirror and what kind of damage that will do. And I've seen some of you drive and I think you are looking in your rearview mirror. <laughs> and my wife will say that about me, by the way. So, The wonderful, powerful, blessing-filled life that God has for you is waiting directly in front of you. Quit turning around and look ahead. You might actually like what you see. So, Pastor Joe... I like that, by the way. If the past is so bad, why do we spend so much time discussing it? Why are you spending this whole time this morning talking about it? And I want to say the past in itself is not necessarily bad. The past is exactly what it says it is. Past. What is bad, however, is constantly reliving the past or constantly living in the past. And you guys know what I'm talking about, right? That guy who... Maybe he wasn't as good an athlete as he thought he was in high school, so he tries to relive it through his kids 30 or 40 years later. It's kind of sad when you see that, right? You know, your heart kind of breaks for the guy. Like, why can't he just get over it? We all, we have, we've all done it. We've all seen it. That is bad. It is okay to look back so that we can remember and celebrate what God has done. Sometimes we have to look back to appreciate where we are now and where we are heading. The past can and should lead us to a place of praise. When we look back to the past with a sense of thanksgiving and praise, it brings us to our last principle. 
one which would destroy any notion of wanting to live in the past. We are redeemed by the blood of Christ, so the past no longer matters anymore. And I say praise the Lord for this one. This idea of being redeemed, Doug talked about, I think right around Christmas time, when he did his Jesus Is series. It simply means that we have been bought for a price. Jesus bought us for a price. That's what being redeemed means. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians. He orchestrated this, the anointed one, who had never experienced sin, became sin for us, so that in him we might embody the very righteousness of God. So Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. We do not have to worry about the past because the things of the past have been bought and paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. My sin debt of the past is now null and void. (coughs) The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross paid that debt for me and paid that debt for you. When we live in the past, it is like paying off a loan and then going back to the bank and asking for the loan again. That's what we do when we live in the past. We take something that Jesus died for, bled for, and has forgotten, and we pull it back and say, no, Jesus, you didn't die for this one. Because I keep going back for you. You didn't die for this one. That, that's what we're doing. Jesus died for it. I want to encourage you to remember that your debt is paid in full. Those things in our past are no longer remembered by the king of the universe. Why do we keep remembering them? If the one guy who matters doesn't remember it, then we shouldn't think about it either. The enemy wants us dwelling on things that are no more, so we will not live in the what is or live in the what will be. What is past is past. The things I did are past. The feelings I felt are past. The person I was is past. How about we put the past in the past and just let it go? We are all redeemed by the blood of Christ. Let's live like we believe it and put the past behind us. I'm going to close in prayer. After I pray, there's a a, a video. And it's David Crowder's new song. It's called Come As You Are. Just a very, very powerful song. And I actually put the one, I put the version up that has the words on it so you guys can kind of see the words as he's singing it. As the song comes up, as it's singing, he is singing this to you guys. God says, come as you are. I don't care what happened in the past. Come to me as you are right now today. And I will take care of it. So as the song's playing, if you want to respond by coming up, kneeling before the throne, that's okay. If you want to sit in your seat, if you want to stand, however you want to do it, go ahead and do it. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, just for this day, Father. I thank you, Father, that I have a God who forgets. A God who does not remember the things that I have done and the person that I was. But you are a God who only sees the person that I am going to become.
And I praise you for that. Father God, so many of us here today are constantly and continually living in our past, Father. And Lord, I ask that you help us understand that the past is exactly what the word says, Father. It's past. It's behind us. It was yesterday. It's not today or tomorrow. So Father God, I ask for your strength to come into the lives of all of us, Father God, and help us stand strong. Lord God, because I know what the enemy is going to do. The enemy wants me turning around, Father God. He wants to pierce my back with the arrows of regret and the arrows of disappointment and the arrows of just all the emotions that we went through, Father God, from those times in the past, Lord. So, Father, give me the strength to stand and face those arrows head on, Father. Because if I'm facing them head on, Lord, you're, you're, you're... Your word is protecting me and guiding me, Father. And so, Lord, I just ask right now that everybody in this room, Father, just lays those things in their past behind them. And Father God, as we go into this last song, Lord, you help us lay those at the throne. And you help us understand that your son died for those. He paid the price for those. And we no longer have to worry about it. Because, Father, like I said, the person I was yesterday, I no longer am today. And you know what? I'll be an even better one tomorrow. And so, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for this place. I thank you that we live in a country in which we can worship you freely. And I ask, Father, as this last song plays, Lord, that this is my prayer to your people here. That you can just come as you are to the throne of grace and allow it to change your life. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Um. New Life Community Church exists to reach people who are far from God. And we want to help them connect with God and with other people. And so as long as I have breath, I think Joe agrees with this. The the board of this church agrees with our mission. Is we want to reach people who don't know Jesus. And we want to help them grow to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so we're going to keep on doing that. We're going to keep on proclaiming. And, and one of my favorite lines is, there is no hurt on this earth that heaven can't heal. We believe that. And we're going to keep preaching it as long as we have breath.